Completing Chapter 4 I acquired a seat for riding and a gymnastic approach to hitting the dirt face first. I knew about a green or inexperienced horse and having no control of it. As for Big Rex, he built up my forearms because we rode in a double bridle to stop him from biting every horse in the ring. I realize now that the horses were past retirement or in need of more miles before becoming schoolmasters. I reconciled the escapades as stepping stones to my future show endeavors. It was the pain of a consolation ribbon and the ecstasy of placing and riding to an actual placed ribbon. Moving on to Chapter 5, Peaks and Valleys. I first saw the Canadian Rockies when I was 11. My parents could not have imagined the profound impact of, that our trip to Lake Louise, Alberta was going to have on me. Heading north out of Calgary towards Banff National Park, the foothills fall behind as the dramatic climb into the mountains begins. Once the higher elevations all full of rugged, snow-covered mountains monopolized my view. My world simply stood still. Enthralled with horses, the only sights that mattered to me were horses, cattle, or the cowboys who wrangled both for a living. I was positive that on the long drive into the mountains, I would see the fabled wrangler with a Stetson hat and well-worn chats galloping on a palomino with a lariat twirling over his head. Unfortunately, the closest that I got to this Western ideal was acre upon acre of beef cattle munching placidly in their fields and prairie dogs standing on their hind legs outside their holes whistling. Ninety miles later, we exited the highway and turned into the village of Lake Louise. It is a passage into tranquility because the Canadian National Park Service maintains a very tight restriction on any development inside the park. Within this pristine wilderness, man comes second to nature. The only identifiable man-made landmark is the Post Hotel because of because of its red tile roof. It had the only restaurant at the bottom of the hill, and it housed the bus station and the post office. The grocery store, with the only source of supplies, was directly across the unpaved street. Unpaved street. Fresh foods were difficult to come by so far up the valley, but abundance were canned goods, camping supplies, and warm clothing. The small mercantile was a hub of activity where hikers and climbers congregated before and after their exhibitions of physical courage, man versus the elements in nature. The town site is three exhilarating miles below the jewel of Lake Louise. The 40-degree ascension begins by departing the mighty Bow River, then crossing the roaring pipestone whose deafening waters crash violently against the boulders deep within the river. 
The lakes, streams, and rivers are barely 32 degrees because they are glacial melt that have fought its way down the mountainsides. After three hairpin turns, our car drove under the massive wooden arch that marks access to the world-famous Chateau Lake Louise. The Canadian Pacific Railroad built it as one of the great castles of Canada, Switzerland. Adjacent to the entrance is a parking lot that accommodates daytime hikers and visitors who hail from every corner of the world. There exists an invisible cultural line of demarcation between those who holiday in the castle and those who camp. I only cared about the stables less than a minute from the parking lot. Tucked into the fir trees on the north side of the corral was a little log house.